we're going to read several scriptures here in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, chapter 9. Very interesting that you have two whole chapters in the Bible, not just two whole chapters. You have several chapters just on the subject of the blessing of the Lord that comes through giving and receiving or sowing and reaping. Amen. The, the blessing that comes through that simply our act, our act of faith, we act on the word of God. And so we got a lot of teaching on that because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so you, you get free from fear, fear of lack and fear of tithing and fear of sowing and fear of giving when you go back to the word. Amen. Everybody say, I'm going to the word. And so in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he says, see that you abound in this grace also. 2 Corinthians 8 and verse 7. So the Apostle Paul is talking about receiving uh, an offering or receiving giving. He left Titus there to teach on the subject. And he must have taught something like this, what's in these two chapters here. And he said, see that you abound in everything. He says, you are abounding, you're doing well in your faith, and you're preaching, you're teaching, your knowledge, and your diligence, and your love to us. And then he says this one statement, see that you abound in this grace also. So that means it's possible to really do well in one facet of the grace of God and not do so well in another facet. And this particular facet, he's talking about the grace of God as it affects you financially. Amen. In other words, he said, you're, you're preaching, you're teaching, your knowledge, your, your revelation. He said, but now you need to learn something about this grace also. Well, what grace are you talking about? He's talking about verse 9. It says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. Amen. In other words, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. And he redeemed us not only from sin and sickness, but he also redeemed us from poverty and lack. Amen. I remember the first time I heard Brother Hagin teaching on, on this subject, and he said, how to use your authority as a believer in the area of your finances. And, uh, man, I mean, that was revolutionary to me because I didn't know how to do that. But he said the Lord told him exactly what to do about money. <laughs> and so we had a wonderful church, and we were all happy, uh, and we had the Holy Ghost. We just didn't have no money. Uh, Brother Hagin talked about that church where that guy got happy and filled with the Holy Ghost, ran around the church, rolled across the floor, and not a quarter fell out of his pocket. So, so we had the Holy Ghost, amen, we were happy. We didn't have no money. So he said he was in the same situation, and the Lord Jesus told him, don't ever uh, complain about lack of money. And he said, and don't ever, really, he said, don't even ask me for money because the money you need is not in heaven. I'm not a counterfeiter. I'm not going to rain money down from heaven. He said, the money that you need is in the earth. And he said, and I'm not the one keeping it from you. He said, the devil or the enemy, Satan, will attack you in the area of finances. And if you don't know how to resist him, then he'll cheat you out of your blessing." So revolutionary for me as a young man, I was probably 17 years old, and he said, here's what the Lord told him to do. Never complain about lack of money. He said, and don't pray about money that way. He said, but use your authority and say, say, 
Amen. Well, back in those days, I was probably doing really good if I made $100 a week. Amen. I was doing really good. And I uh, was going, start, went on to college and finally got to where I could make a little bit of money, $100, $150 a week, pretty good. And uh, so he said, say, I claim. He said, say, I claim. And so I, so I said, all right, well, let me practice this. So I, I just, 17 years old, and say, I claim. Then he said, say how much money you claim. He said, and don't start at the top. <laughs> start kind of where you're at, your faith is, you know. Well, for me, I mean, I thought it'd be a miracle if I just got $100 a week. Amen. Finally, I got to uh, using my authority for 200 a week. And finally, I got to using my authority for, for 300 a week. And I trembled at the thought of 400 a week coming in some of the places I was preaching. I mean, the pastor told me one place, he said, he said, how much is your budget? I said, don't worry about it. He said, well, nobody's ever gotten more than $125 here. He said that to me. He said, so don't be expecting no more than that. He said, well, how much you need? I said, well, uh, don't worry about it. I believe God for it. And he said, well, I'm just telling you. And so I said, well, he kept after me, what's your budget? And I said, well, I believe God for $400 a week. And he just about fell out. He said, nobody's ever gotten that much money here at this church, $400 a week. And so uh, by the end of Wednesday night, uh, I had $800 come in the offering. He didn't even know there was that much money available in the whole state, in the whole area. He asked me to stay for another week. <laughs> Amen. You say, well, where did you learn that? Well, I learned that from Dad Hagen. He heard Jesus talk about it. So I said, well, I claim, and I finally we started traveling. I got up to saying I claim $400 a week. Then I'd say, just according to his instruction, I'd say, Satan, I command you, take your hands off my money. Then I'd say, go, angels, ministering spirits, and cause the money to come. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. So I declare the money will come, that money comes to me. And then I heard Smith Wigglesworth in his book saying, my father God always takes care of me in grand style. So I stopped complaining and whining about lack of money. And I just started talking. I talked so much it made, well, you know, the, my, my peers, you know, in Bible college, it just irritated them. I said, you know, I never lack for money. And I, I was valet parking at a, at a restaurant in those days. And, and if you got a quarter, that's a good, good tip. If you got 50 cents, that's a little better. If you got a dollar, you're high, man. If you got a dollar tip. And so, well, you know, we, I said, I always get dollars. I always get dollars. The guys that come out of that restaurant and give me a dollar every time. I said, matter of fact, somebody's going to come out and give me $20. Watch, you watch. And boy, sure enough, out come a guy, you know, he was a little happy. He's been in there a little while. <laughs> he was singing a little song. I don't know if he was cross-eyed or something, but he, he opened his wallet and he said, I, I'm going to give you $20. I said, I've been expecting it. Glory to God. I, I don't care who the Lord used to do it, but I'm getting $20. So I had two or three other runners with me, and they were amazed. I said, that, that's how faith works. I learned that from Kenneth Hagin, Dad Hagin. And so I started off $400 a week, praise the Lord. And I don't know, years and years later, it got up to about $75,000 a week. Then later, later, it got up to about $150,000 a week. 
Brother Hagin, he said, I'd be concerned if my faith wasn't growing. So I thought, well, I need to grow. Well, you, you can't grow no further than you can talk. Amen. In other words, change your talking. Amen. And then uh, uh, the grace is accessed through words that you speak, but also through seeds that you sow. Amen. In other words, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means it doesn't belong to the devil. It don't belong to the devil's kids. It belongs to the children of God. But you have to learn how. So he says, I'm going to teach you how to access this grace. That means your finances and the grace of God. In other words, the blessing is more than just your work. We do work, amen, but more than just your work. It's more than just your education. He said you can access this grace. So the Lord told me when you access this grace, one day you'll look at your checkbook and say, amazing grace. How many of y'all like to look at your checkbook and look at your checking account and say, Amazing grace. Look at that. He said, one day you'll drive up in front of your house and go, amazing grace. How would I get a house like this? Amen. Are y'all still here? In other words, grace is amazing. But it's not just a gr amazing, you know, someday when you get to heaven, it can be amazing in the area of your finances. Amen. How I many I'd like to access that amazing grace? And how, Man, you just say, wow. So he goes on in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 tells you how to access it, right? First of all, with our words, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he goes on and he says, verse 6, this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. I mean, I just choose the second one. Amen. <laughs> I said, I'd like to hit that second one there. I'd like to get that bountiful thing. And so he said, well, you sow generously. And so, so the Lord told me one time, he said, if you're, if you're sowing, don't affect you much, neither will your harvest. In other words, if I'm going to go from sparing to bountiful, I'm going to have to do a little bit of stretching. Get out of my comfort zone a little bit. Boy, it's quiet in here. I got three nods. So I said, I got to leave, leave my comfort zone a little bit. I'm not telling you to go crazy, but leave my comfort zone a little bit. Amen. And get out of sparing. Amen. And get over here into this bountiful, generous. And he said, and this harvest is guaranteed. I said, it's guaranteed. He said, it's guaranteed. He said, you shall reap bountifully when you sow bountifully. And so I asked the Lord, I said, well, how will I know when I'm sowing generously? Because it's going to take generous sowing to get a generous harvest. So if you're not happy with the results you've been getting, then you're going to have to take whatever you think is generous. How many ever tried to tell the Lord how generous you already were? I've had, I've had those conversations. He said, yeah, and I still want you to crank it up. I said, all right, all right, let's just crank it up. Go ahead and laugh for a minute and say, ha-ha. Uh -huh. In other words, your faith now is in the Word of God, and now God's your source. And so in the sowing, I said, well, how much is generous for me? And the Lord said something like this. He said, generous, generous is different for different people. You know, you don't have to be rich to be generous. Actually, anybody can be generous because it's really based on your resources that you have.
Amen. And so I said, well, I'd sure like to hit the generous department a few times in my life. <laughs> I've hit it a few times. Amen. And, and had some thoughts of uh, giver's remorse a little afterwards and a little bit of fear, you know, and, and what's going to happen. But, uh, and the devil would say to my mind, he would say, what are you going to do if that don't work? Have you ever had that thought? In other words, these scriptures, I'm so enacted on the word. What are you going to do if that don't work? Well, I mean, I said, well, it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a tough lesson. Because if that giving don't work, come on, and that generous sowing don't work, it's going to be sad. But the Lord told me, don't listen to that. The Lord told me, you talk back to the devil. And you say to the devil, what you going to do, devil, when it does work? What you going to do, devil, when it does work? Because God said he'll multiply my seed song and he'll make all grace abound towards him. So that's when the Lord told me, quit thinking subtraction when you're given and start thinking multiplication. And he said, start giving with a harvest in mind. All right, let's try that one more time. I said, start giving with a harvest in mind. Start giving with a scripture in mind. Start giving with that harvest in mind, and that'll make you get happy because you're not thinking, wow, uh, how am I going to deduct this, you know, subtract this? He said, start thinking multiplication and declare multiplication. Then use your authority as a believer. Praise the Lord. You might as well get happy because uh, this, this is really just a test of our faith, amen, to, to call it grabbing a corn stalk, swinging out over hell and spitting the devil's eye. Amen, because he's going to keep you, going to try to keep you at $400 a week for the rest of your life. And so now people say, well, I'm on a fixed income. I always say, well, who fixed it? <laughs> Come on, you ain't big enough to fix my income. Because God's the source of my supply. And once I sow generously, I'm going to break some barriers. Hallelujah. He said, well, where's it going to come from? That ain't my business. My business is to act on the word of God and rejoice and thank God for it. Hallelujah. And sow my seed. All right, let's keep going here. Praise the Lord. And he says, you will reap bountifully. You'll reap bountifully. You'll have a whopper of a harvest. I think he's got a song about that. I mean, you have a whopper of a harvest. You say, where'd you get that from? Well, I got that from, I uh, went to Brother Copeland's 80th birthday. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, they've been a blessing to us over many years, just teaching of the word. So I went to his 80th birthday and they asked me to be the master of ceremonies at his 80th birthday. And I'd just come back from some mission trips. And as soon as I got home, my secretary said, you are $150,000 behind in your bills. I said, well, I sure appreciate that because I just come from a mission trip. I'm exhausted. I gave all the money I had to be a blessing. And I come back and you tell me I'm $150,000 behind. I said, well, I got to go to Brother Copeland. Uh, honor him on his birthday. So I said, write a check out. It's a big check. She said, okay, Pastor. She wrote me out a really big check, really nice. So I got there, I gave him the check. 
God bless you. We're so honored. I didn't tell him. You just don't know what we've been through. We've just been through so much. Come on, you keep whining about money. It'll keep you broke. Don't be poor mouthing. Don't even have a sad look on your face like you think somebody ought to give you some money. Oh, God will arrange my harvest. I don't have no sad look around nobody. Amen. And your harvest could come from somebody you hadn't even met yet. Right, let's try. I said your harvest could come from somebody you hadn't even met yet. Boy, I said your harvest could come from somebody you hadn't even met yet. Come on. The moment you sow your seed, boy, they're on their way. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I sowed the seed, praise the Lord, and went off on another mission trip. And Brother Copeland gave me a call. He said, I got that check. Thank you. That's such a blessing. Just want to thank you. And we talked for a while. And, um, I, you know, he told me my favorite joke that he likes. He said, now, Mark, I've been sitting on the back porch. He said, uh, I've just been thanking the Lord for his goodness. And so I just wanted to call you and tell you thank you. And he said, and now I'm going to tell you my favorite joke is about the butcher that took his wife to a party for the very first time. The butcher took his wife to a party for the very first time. And so he introduced her around and said, meet Patty. <laughs> I said, I got another one. Did you hear about the butcher that backed into the meat grinder while he was working? He got a little behind in his work. <laughs> so, <laughs> meet Patty. He says, if she was a big woman, he'd say, double meet Patty. <laughs> well, he's laughing. And then he said, and I tell you, the Lord's got a whopper of a harvest for you. Yeah. Woo, man, I started jumping around the room. I got a whopper of a harvest coming in. I got a whopper of a harvest coming in. Man, I got home within just a few days. Uh, I think offering started coming in. No, no special pull at all. Offering just started coming in. I think it's 350000 The Lord said, that take care of it? I said, it take care of it. Are y'all still here? <laughs> How many believe God knows your address? Amen. All right, get the sad look off of your face. Amen. Woo, amen. I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. Amen. But once he teaches you how to access the grace, exactly. Amen. So it just takes a, a step of faith. Amen. And sometimes when you're younger, you don't have quite as much money and don't have as much to lose. You know, you're like, well, we just start over. Just lost that $100. So <laughs> you get a little bit older and you, you, you hold on to your money. But the longer you hold on to it, if you hold on too tight, then it's going to keep you from a harvest. Amen. God's not opposed to you having abundance. He'll bless you in your storehouse and bless you in your savings account. God bless me in my savings account, but I'd still take money out of savings and put it in my sowing. You say, what happened? God filled up my savings account again. Ha, ha, ha. How many think God could fill it up again? I took a little money out of it. I said, well, let me sow some money. So he says, if you'll sow generously, and then he goes on and he says this, verse 7, everybody, according as you purpose in your heart, so let him give not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, he says, you just purpose in your heart 
whether you think, well, I got a lot of money or you don't think you have that much money, anybody can be generous and anybody can leave their comfort zone. Anybody. Anybody can be generous. Let's try it again. I said anybody can be generous. Amen. Even poor people can be generous. Amen. You're a giver. And so uh, that generosity, and so he says, God loves it when you get happy about it and your heart is involved in your giving, not just your hand. My heart. How do you get your heart involved in your giving? Anybody know how you get your heart involved in your giving? Well, it means you're giving with purpose. Amen. In other words, you know the purpose and you know the promise. The purpose of our giving into uh, the church and to the ministry is the distribution of the gospel of Christ around the world. Amen? And I thought if, you know, if a radical Muslim could blow their self up for their faith, come on, and you can't even get people to tithe, you know, that are born-again Christians. Y'all still, they go blow their self up for their faith, and you'll say, oh, I don't know, I can't afford that 10%. I'm just going to give whatever I want to give. Y'all getting quiet in here now. Amen. In other words, uh, when, you're, when your heart is involved, you believe in the purpose of the gospel. And so you say, I wouldn't dare do anything else. Amen. In other words, I'm not just going to be a tither. I'm going to be a sower. I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to give over and above. I'm not going to see how little I can get by with giving. I'm going to see how much I can give that will stretch me until I prove God in this area of my life. Are y'all still here? I said, I prove God. You say, where's that in Malachi? He said, prove me now concerning your tithe and your offerings. Prove me now and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. Woo! In other words, he's God just saying, I double dog dare you. Come on, I double dog dare you to put God first in your tithe and then start giving your offering and go over and above. Praise the Lord. Amen. Over and above your regular giving and start doing some sowing. And he said, prove me now. Go ahead. In other words, you say, all right, I'm going to do some special stuff and I'm going to see what God's going to do. God, you said, and if you don't want to do it, that's all right. And I'll tell everybody you didn't. Well, I would never preach on it again. I said, I'd never preach on it again. If I had some sad story and I came here and said, well, I tithe and I gave big, I really stretched out. Lord have mercy. I'm going to warn y'all about that because if you do that, man, you're going to be going down the drain. I'm telling you, you're going straight down the drain. You're giving away too much money to the Lord and to the gospel, man. That could, that, that could mess you up, and you, and you end up with nothing, I tell you that. Would you tell, I would if it didn't work. I'd go ahead and say to the Lord, it says this, but it don't work. Don't y'all do that. Be very, very conservative. Give a smidgen when you can. People say, well, I... I, I'm just frugal. All right, Sister Frugal. Let's see if we can find your picture in the, in the Bible anywhere, Frugal. Frugal may work at Walmart, but it does not work in the kingdom of God. 
Are y'all still here? No, you're not frugal. You're stingy. You're afraid to act on the word of God. Amen. And you're afraid, oh, where's my money going to come? Well, if you've got the promises of God, it's going to come straight from God right to your front door. Hallelujah. I mean, the, the harvest is guaranteed. Praise the Lord. Amen. If it don't work, then don't ever do it again. And don't ever tell anybody it will work. But if I've got all these scriptures in here that God will multiply my seed sown and make all grace abound towards me, come on, that he's going to pour out a blessing. I don't have room enough to receive it. Then I'm going to have to tell you God is faithful. I've proven him since I started with $100 a week and got to $400 a week. And I have to tell you, see, people say, well, that just worked for preachers. Come up here, we'll ordain you tonight. In other words, I know a lot of broke preachers. It don't work for preachers. God gives seed to the sower. Come on, once you're a sower, God said, I'll multiply your seeds. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. People all do do these dangerous sports and jump off the side of a mountain, you know, and take a motorcycle and do a flip. And then if you watch, so many people jump off a house into a swimming pool. Think about that. People risk their whole life for a little bit of cocaine on the corner somewhere. Boy, they're getting quiet in here. But they'll risk their whole life. They'll spend more money on a tattoo than they'll give to the gospel. Oh, we better keep going here. I mean, how much your tattoo cost? I've seen people with nice, pretty tattoos. I said, that's a pretty tattoo. How much does one like that cost? I'm going to get one. I said, it costs that much money? Woo, woo. Have you sown that much in church? Well, I hope that gets you to heaven somehow. I mean, I mean, we'll see if the Lord can read it when you're going in. Come on, then there was an article in the paper about all these Hollywood movie stars that have to have the, the, the tattoos changed on their arm every few years. Come on, because it was one wife. They got, got to get her name off. Amen. What's his name? Uh, first blood guy, movie star. Stallone, he's going through a divorce now. And his wife's face was right on his arm. So they said he, he had to go through a divorce. So he had to get his wife's face off of there. So he put a picture of a bulldog. <laughs> I thought he put a bulldog on there instead of his wife's face. <laughs> I don't know who's next, but <laughs> you better be careful what tattoo you put on. You be, <laughs> you get older and it's gonna be sagging, and ain't nobody gonna be able to tell what it is. All right, praise the Lord. Forget that. I am not against tattoos. I mean, I may have one. No, I'm just kidding. None of your business. <laughs> Andy told me he has one. Did you tell me he had one? Oh, no, he don't have one. I'm sorry. He's a, I, I must have misunderstood him. Let's keep going here for somebody to get sensitive. So, (laughs) 
And in other words, if this didn't work, I would really, I would not tell people. My daddy told me, he said, you can tithe on what you make or tithe on what you want to make. I was 17, I just started double tithing right then. Then we got married, we went to triple tithing. And my hands broke out in a sweat every Sunday. <laughs> and we had babies, you know, and had to get diapers and, and Gerbers and all kinds of stuff. And, and I said, I'm going to 30%. And I told the Lord, I said, this is not a good time. Because <laughs> he reminded me. He said, you said you wanted to. I said, well, I know I said that, but this ain't a good time. I'm telling you, it's not a good time. I'm just wait till things are better. And you know what he did? He showed me Malachi where it says, the three words jumped right off the page. And it said, prove me now. Well, let's do it now, before the end of the world. <laughs> before we can't drive cars with motors in them anymore and fill them up with gas and have a, have a long extension cord and go get it charged up somewhere. Go charge it up. And did y'all see that one charging station? They had a charging station, and right behind it had a diesel generator running the charging station. Ain't that the stupidest thing you ever heard of in your life? How I many you want to pray the Lord deliver you from stupid people in government? The Lord deliver me from stupid government people. They say, well, the world's coming to an end. Well, I got good news for you. Amen. <laughs> it is coming to an end, and it's all going to burn up, and Jesus is coming back. We ain't going to be here. So, uh, amen, you can try to save it if you want. Uh, you better have a, uh, a really good fire extinguisher. So, in other words, <laughs> it's coming to an end. Baby, we are out of here. You ain't saving the planet, the whales, or the turtles. I mean, we are on our way out of here. Just encourage you to pick up your trash every now and then, and that'll keep things a little cleaner. Praise the Lord. So, <laughs> I just thought it'd be great for, for Jesus to come back in the middle of an offering. I mean, I think the Lord's enjoying this right now. He's like, I mean, think about it. If he gave his life on the cross and you and I are following him and we can't give 10%, come on. We can't give 20%. Come on, what, where's your heart? Come on. I, you, you may not have the best looking, you know, best, strongest body, but if you've got your heart strong, man, you've got your purpose strong. Amen. That's your purpose. And then you've got the promise. Praise the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That means that money's moving. Come on. Money's shaking. Strongholds are breaking. Come on. You're fixing to get a raise. And God's opening up new doors for you. And God's showing you new businesses you never thought of. Come on. God. The, what God can do. God is able to make all grace abound. Let's try that again. I said, God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing comes to you in abundance so you have all sufficiency in all things. May abound, not just the one good work. He says, I'm going to bless you so much, you're going to be able to be a blessing in a lot of places. Woo, praise the Lord. God must be planning on us doing real good. How many want to tell him? Say, go ahead, Lord. Go ahead. Hit me with it. 
So he says, God is able. How many believe God's able to arrange your harvest? And he says, and he hath, uh, verse 9, dispersed abroad. He's given to the poor. His righteousness remains forever. Verse 10, he that ministers seed to the sower will minister bread for your food. He will multiply your seed zone and increase the fruit of your righteousness. What's the next verse say? You are enriched in everything. Enriched in everything. God's able to make you rich in every area of your life. All grace means not just your finances, but your generosity affects you spiritually. Let's try that one more time. The Lord said this to me. He said, if you will be a generous giver, I will do things for you that money could never do for you. Woo, let's try this out over here. If you will be a generous giver, I don't know what that means to you. Oh, it may mean different things to different people. If you'll be a generous giver, God said, I'll do some things for you. That you can't buy it. Come on, even rich people wish they had what you got. Come on, you got revelation of the word. You got the peace of God. You got joy in the Holy Ghost. Come on, even rich people wish they had what you got. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Woo. Mom and the Holy Ghost said, I'm opening up some new doors, new doors. Come on. Bigger doors. New things. Remember, not the former things. Come on. I ain't planning on staying stuck at $400 a week. Come on. Ha, ha. Go ahead and laugh for a few minutes. I ain't worried about money. I have no fear of lack whatsoever. I said, I have no fear of lack whatsoever. Come on, let's say it together. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want, and I never lack. I never lack. I do not lack for money. I never lack for money. I am a tither. I am a giver, and I am blessed, and the money will come. Money's coming to me right now. I never lack. I do not lack for ability. I do not lack for opportunity. I never lack for money. Ha, ha, ha. God is pouring out a blessing. I don't have room enough to receive it. Woo! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. So I usually teach on this until you get happy. So you want to hear it a little bit longer or you better get happy right now. Amen. Because Jesus is my Lord. Money don't run my life. Come on, mammon don't run my life. Come on, the Lord is my provider. Amen. Once I pass the money test, hallelujah. Woo. God makes all grace abound. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
So I had to teach this, a pastor for 20 years, so I had to teach this in my church. Amen. And so I'd teach on it, usually not too long unless I felt like somebody didn't like it. Because I ain't letting people control me by what they like or don't like. You, didn't, you don't pay me. You couldn't afford me. I work for Jesus. So I'm going to preach his word, whether you smile or don't smile. Amen. If you don't smile, I'm going to preach on it longer. So you say, well, what happened in your church? Well, here's what happened. You want to know? Man, the richest and the best giver in our church. He got mad at me and left. So can you imagine that? The richest man, biggest giver, left the church. And they told me. When they told me, I was like, wow. I was just sitting in my office on Monday, and I thought, hmm, well, we got a bill and payment. We got staff. We got missionaries we support. And the biggest giver just left the church. Hmm. If you know how it made pastors feel for you to walk away from a church, you would think twice before you walk away. That's why 2,000 pastors quit every month. Well, if you knew how it made them feel, I don't say you don't ever have to leave the church, but you better think about it. Amen. So he walked right out. How did it affect him? Well, I could tell you how it affected him and his family. And he walked off, richest guy. So I sat in my, my office. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, the biggest giver is still here. I said, well, I would sure like to know who it is because I, I see the report. So you have to show me somebody I must not know. And the Lord said to me, no. He said, the biggest giver, he said, is me. And the Lord said, as long as I'm still here, you will never lack for money. Then the Lord gave me that scripture, show me a token for good that my enemies may see it and be ashamed. That's what the psalmist David, show me a token. That means that's not everything. That's just a sign everything's coming. So right while I was sitting there, a little Hispanic lady, her husband was off in a desert storm. She came with a paper sack in her hand, knocked on my door outside my office. You know, and pastor's always, you know, really important people, you know, you you don't want to go answer the door. I mean, you've got a secretary over here. You've got another secretary over there. And she has to come and knock directly on my door. I'm like, why don't you just go through the secretary like the rest of the people? She probably wouldn't have got in. He's knocking on my door. So I have my look to the you know. What do we got right here? Man, like Juan Valdez or something that showed up here, bring me some, some coffee or something. You know, a little Hispanic woman. Knock on the door. She wouldn't stop knocking. I opened the door and she said, oh, Pastor, I'm so glad to see you. She said, the Lord told me to bring you this sack of money right now. 
She said, I didn't like all your teaching on tithing giving, but the Lord told me that I was wrong and you're right. Here's my tithing offering, and I want you to pray for me that my husband will get saved while he's in Desert Storm. She brought her tithe offering in a sack. It's $350. Well, her husband got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost before he got home. Come on, obedience in one area. Come on, can sure affect another area. So, so she handed me that little sack, $350. I said, thank you so much for coming right now. You don't know how I'm feeling and what I've been going through. And she said, the Lord told me right now, and the Lord gave me that scripture, show me a token for good. So when she handed me that sack, $350, God said, that's just a token. That's not everything. That's just a token. And I just want to let you know everything else is coming. How many of y'all can say, Lord, just show me a token. That, amen. The Lord could arrange something. Say, uh, here's, your, here's your blessing. It's not everything, but just to let you know that I'm working on everything else. Here's you a token of my goodness in your life, and I'll never fail you. I'll never let you down. Here's your, a token of my goodness. Woo. Ha, ha. Go ahead and laugh for a minute. Anybody want to know what happened after the biggest giver, the rich man, left? When he was there, we were bringing in $8,000 a week. After he left, finances went to $20,000 a week. Come on, some of y'all are dependent upon only one thing. You only got one source, and you look into that. But when that's kicked out from underneath you, you say, the devil say, you're going under. You say, oh, no, I'm going up that's what right. I'm doing. That's right. that's right. And so then it went from 20000 a week to 30000 a week to 40000 a week to 50000 a week to 60000 a week to $75,000 a week before I left. Are y'all still here? When the devil tells you what you're going to do, come on, what you're going to do if that don't work, all that tithing and giving, what do you say? Devil, what you going to do when it does work because the Word of God cannot fail, and if it cannot fail, then there's got to be a harvest coming in for me for my address, praise the Lord. So I'm expecting increase. I'm expecting you to multiply my seed song, praise the Lord, so that my faith is in God, my faith is in the Word of God, and I'm acting on that Word every week. Amen. Every chance I get, I'm acting on the Word. Some of y'all need to laugh right now at the devil. Say, devil, you're a liar. Ha, 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 ha. Come on, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. Amen. And my Father God always takes care of me in grand style. Ha, 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 ha. Woo, that means the money will come. Come on. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. The money will come. The seed is guaranteed. The harvest will come in. I'm in partnership with the Almighty God. I'm in partnership with the Lord Jesus. My finances, my life, my heart, come on, my purpose. Everything is in Jesus Christ. Ha, ha, ha. Boy, somebody ought to shout right now, man. There's, there is a whopper of a 
Ha ha ha!